and it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 27, recorded Thursday, December 16th, 2010. Look up below! That's right, today's episode is all about lookups, how they work, how to use them. It's nerdy as usual. Let's get going, Splunk Talk. I gotta have more cowbell. Hey, we're back for another episode of Splunk Talk, and we're not going to start out with a beeped out profane word, or maybe it wasn't like last time, but we will start out with uh, the roll call. Jeff Blake, where are you today? I'm in beautiful Austin, Texas. Like where? In specifically on the east side of uh, Wild Studios. Are you comfortable? I, I'm trying. Okay. I'm so, in a recliner. Okay, so this is for the benefit of the audience. <laughs> when we record this, we're usually on Skype. Well, Maverick is here. Hey, Maverick. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Maverick's in Dallas. Maverick's looking great today. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get back to the Jeff story in a second. Maverick's looking awesome today. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, actually. I, w- I wish it was Friday, though. End of the year, stoked? Oh, more than stoked. Yeah. Did you have a good year? I had a great year. I'm actually uh, splunking all my activity so I can graph it out over time to see how much I actually worked. Nice. Should probably pull a support in Salesforce, too. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm splunking Salesforce. Though. Okay. So... As I was saying, when we record this podcast, we're usually in separate locations. But Jeff Blake, our good friend in Chicago, happens to be in Austin right now. Probably came down here for a bull riding contest or something like that. So I have him in my office, and I'm at a desk with a really cool mic. And (laughs) I've got this... Auxiliary. I've got this chair over here. It's in the corner. Yeah. It's, uh, it's from Ikea, but it's leather. It's comfortable. And it's, it's very reclined. Okay, so this thing is built in to be relaxed. And I got the mic here. And are you, are you comfortable, Jeff? Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's not convincing. <laughs> <laughs> we can switch chairs and you can huddle over the desk. I, I am usually, yeah. I'm usually upright and very intensely focused. I, I'm not usually relaxing when I'm working. I, it, it may be the same position you're in when you're in a dental chair, so maybe that's it. Because you just don't look comfortable. You're like, oh my God, somebody's going to... Where's the drill? This yeah. boom is like the x-ray machine, too. It's multi-purpose. Today is all about lookups. Lookups are kind of interesting. Very um, interesting. They're actually really powerful. So... I've got a, I've got a couple cool things. Jeff got a couple cool things. Anybody want to kick it off and kind of talk about just what a lookup is and what the you know what the deal is with them? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take I'll take the first stab at getting this thing started. This whole conversation convo going um, around lookups. So so it's kind of interesting that uh, we call it lookups. It's actually the feature from the marketing perspective is called invent event enrichment. I'll say that again, Ooh. event enrichment, yes. Uh, basically, you have an event, you want to enrich it with information, meaning information that's not in the original event. So if you think about any event in your mind right now that you might be familiar with, usually it has the information you're looking for, but sometimes it might have 
things like uh, a codes that you really want a, a human readable type of a, a description for. For example, access logs will have something like a 200 or 404. Uh, you might want it to you might want to enrich that event with you know. Uh, a successful or a not found page not found description something that you can use in your reporting or your alerting that you trigger from within Splunk um, other th other things that you might want to use lookups for is um, you know uh, taking data from an event like uh, maybe uh, an IP address and saying what who you know what user is actually using this IP address is it assigned to anyone like is it a desktop IP address on the on the network and I want to find a user that it belongs to the username is not going to be in the event you want to correlate that with you know from, from some other uh, event you can do it with another event or you can use a lookup to go maybe to a database and say when you have the IP address it's X and you bring back user Y associated with it and you add the username as a field user equals their value back into the event and it's just a really nice feature uh, to allow a lot of flexibility of correlation that kind of correlation to go on and to happen kind of magically as the results come back and uh, it takes very little setup to do and that's you know kind of what we're going to talk about today those different leveraging that different uh, this feature for these different use cases so when you're doing lookups you know how do you set those things up which is usually the next question because the idea of event enrichment is kind of cool taking things that are not in the log events and kind of merging them in you know even like maverick's use case of instead of having the error code of 503 service unavailable will be a little bit better so lookups themselves you know it beckons it's looking up data from somewhere else where is it getting it from lookups can be of two flavors one a csv or comma separated value file uh, or locally to the splunk server or uh, a python script and a python script you might wire up to let's say query a database and return back a csv structure Okay, so both of the both those are both of the ways to do lookups, and uh, from setting them up, you can do lookups automatically or on demand. So let's say uh, I wanted to do geolocation, I can pipe it to lookup. Okay, or let's say if I wanted to, for every time an active uh, a Microsoft security log came, and anytime there was a username, I always wanted it to automatically find your manager's phone number. You can have that happen automatically. The configuration of it is, is quite easy, but two types, a CSV file, which is super easy, and a Python script, which you know you can write or you can, you can pay Jeff to write it too. I'm cheap. So I actually have a, uh, a use case that can, you know, I can use to further explain this, if, if, if I may. Really? May I? <laughs> Go ahead. So yeah, I was uh, doing a proof of concept last week, and uh, the customer we were bringing in um, uh, the source of the data was uh, Identity Management System, the Novell Access Manager to be specific. Uh, we're bringing in logs from all the authentication events, and uh, the that's all these guys really had for uh, in terms of troubleshooting on users. So. One thing they wanted to do is when an event came in with a user that they weren't familiar with was they said, Jeff, how can we, we want to make something as simple as being able to click on that user in the event and have it give us some additional information about the user. So we talked about it a little bit. Turns out 
they store a lot of uh, user profile information in their LDAP database. So it was a simple matter of doing two, two Splunk things. The first was a, uh, a workflow action, which is uh, another thing we can talk about. But workflow actions basically allow you to do uh, operations on specific fields in a Splunk event. And basically they kick something off. And in this case, we're going to kick off a lookup, which, as Michael said, uh, we're gonna, we, we kick off a, a Python script which actually fires off the LDAP search that we use and uh, passing in the username that we got from the event. So all that comes back, and you're able to uh, pull the results up and, and show you know, uh, when that user gets clicked on, uh, it goes out, initiates the Python script, Python script does the uh, LDAP lookup, and the fields come back with the profile information that's stored in LDAP. It's a pretty cool... Uh, application of of using both workflow actions and uh, and lookups. Hey, 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 Blake. Um, I'm more curious to know if uh, like, did you set that up from the in the GUI, like the lookup screen, in the GUI, or did you have to get more down into the config files to to be more specific for this particular use case? Um, you can set up the initial workflow through the UI. Obviously, we were using a script to to. Um, Sort of frame out the the LDAP lookup. So obviously we were we were working at the shell for that. So a little bit of both, I guess, is the answer. Like a hybrid, okay. Hybrid, yes. One thing to note when you do lookups is, especially if you do automatic lookups, when Splunk does lookups, it's not the absolutely most efficient uh, system to do lookups in the world. It doesn't have the notion, at least. On the surface, you can change this with a command called output lookup. It doesn't have the notion of caching results. So let's say, for example, I'm going to um, do reverse DNS lookup. And uh, there's there's actually a, a, some information in the docs on how to do reverse DNS lookup so you can you know resolve an IP to its host name. If you have um, 100,000 events that have three IPs in them, Splunk's lookup is actually going to do 100,000 lookups. So it's not, it's going to do it for every single event. Not it's terribly not going to efficient. That, unfortunately. Not the most efficient thing in the world, but then again, um, there are other ways to accomplish that. Like, you know, you could do an output lookup that created your own CSV file for every single brand new, um, brand new host name and almost building your own host table. But they're, they're, awesome ways to use it and there are ways to use it where you can make it really slow so yeah i've heard of people using the output. i've seen you know i guess on splunk answers or whatever people using the output lookup to write out a new csv that then becomes input for, and you know look up back in and they, they use it to kind of keep track of like state like state management right to say you know what's the state of these events you know have they been reviewed or maybe or something like that or um you know maybe they just want to have something that kind of some true or false kind of a thing, Boolean that goes along with the events, uh, which which you can also use tags for if you want to do it. But but if you want you know multiple values to be changing based on conditions, you might you might think about using it that way. That's kind of a nice uh, twist on the lookup idea. I think ESS, the Splunk's Enterprise Security Suite, uses lookups um, because it uh, uses something called output lookup, 
and it looks at every single event, gives every event a unique hash. And then let's say I want to go ahead and acknowledge an event. Okay. Like I got it or I'm doing incident review. I think it writes it out to an output lookup, which then has a nice little CSV file of all the events that I have reviewed versus ones I have not. And it's a really efficient way to use to use that thing. So, um, yeah, and, and wild. I think you and I the other day, maybe the last week when you were up here, we were talking about this other way uh, for using lookups. Actually, you were brainstorming with me. I think uh, initially, if you remember that, we we were because I was trying to figure out for a customer, you know how they can create like maintenance windows, right? To, to say there's certain alerts right. that I don't want alerts to trigger certain during certain known maintenance windows. And, uh, and maybe those windows are not every Saturday, but just the Saturdays that we kind of know ahead of time, like all of it for 2011, we know all of the maintenance windows, but they're not consistently every Saturday at between two and three in the morning, they might be different. So is there a way to set up something to where the alert, you know, can, can somehow know not to run during those maintenance windows because we don't want to get a bunch of emails. We know things are going to be down and those alerts tell us when things are down and we don't want to get flooded with those emails. And so we were thinking about using the uh, temporal column, you know, because you can have one of the columns be uh, time-based and then be able to have it kind of look for the range and and get back an enriched uh, added field saying don't run or something, you know, equals true or something like that. Yeah, and when we were bantering around the idea was started talking about input lookups and um one of the cool things about lookups so as we said it's good for enriching events but you can also do it um you could say to enrich a search um this is gonna seem kind of strange but hopefully i i can explain this in a way where you'll get it um input lookup means it's a search command you can type the pipe character and then just type in the word input lookup and you know you give it a CSV file. You do all the configuration, and it will actually read it in right there. It'll read it in almost as if it's indexed. So now I have this stuff in Splunk, just in the search, sort of like in the search's memory. And given the fact that searches can be used to work with each other, uh, work with other searches such as a sub search to get a set of results to feed a higher level search. That's what we we were thinking. And here's an example then. So I'm working with my buddy Gabe who's an Austin guy. He's a customer. And he uses a product called OpenNMS. It's an open source network management system, which I think is the exact acronym for it. <laughs> Actually, that would be OpenSNMS. Anyways, um, he said, uh, I'm not going to quote because I can't remember the exact sentence, but he said, Paraphrase. Hey, hey, you know what we want? Um, we want to be able to know in Splunk. We want to be able to search inside of Splunk on events from any nodes that are in the outage state in OpenNMS. So it beckons the question, how do we know what nodes are in the outage state? Well, they're in OpenNMS. They're in their Postgres database. I think it was Postgres. And we could have done two things. We could have done, couldn't have written a Python script to do this whole database query. Then we thought, hey, just run a cron job that does a query and dumps out the nodes that are in outage state to a CSV file. Took them like five minutes to write that script, okay? I kind of like going on this backdoor approach where you don't have a massive pile of software engineering, just hack it together with a CSV. So um, 
we use input lookup for that. So if I pipe it to input lookup and pull out the CSV file, it will tell me, it'll give me lines. So it'll give me the file. It'll say, you know, like, let's say it's node, node name, state, outage, or, or available. But then it's, well, how do I search in Splunk from nodes in the past 15 minutes that are in the outage state? Aha. So and we should probably, I don't know if we talked about sub searches, but think about it this way. I'm going to take a search, and I want the results of that to go to a higher-level search. Sometimes people call that a for loop or a do while, okay? So if I was to pipe to input lookup, I'm going to get a set of results. And then pipe to fields, uh, the field that I want, let's say node or host, fields, host, what would I get? If I got that back, all I would get was a list of hosts. Put that thing in square brackets, okay? Put that thing in square brackets. And then on the left-hand side of those square brackets, type in minutes ago equals 15 and hit enter. And what will happen is Splunk will first do the inner search, find the nodes that are in outer state, and then cruise that out to the other search that said minutes ago equals 15, and you'll really get minutes ago equals 15, host one, or host two, or host three. And that's all done with an input lookup. So it's kind of a neat way to take data, not to enrich events, but to really just drive another search from a different source. So hopefully that wasn't too unclear. So Yeah, kind of like a, kind of, uh, what is it, like an outer join or union or something like that in database speak. It's kind of like this equivalent, but but like you're, say, like you're saying, the cool thing about it is it's not in the data to begin with. You're not splunking that data. You're just bringing it in as you do that sub-search piece of it, which is ultimate inflexibility in my opinion yeah it's, it's pretty awesome the, you guys keep talking about the enrichment and I, a question I get a lot uh, and this might be exactly the answer you gave before this one was so a lot of people want to know um, I want to annotate a an event mm-hmm. is that is that a good candidate for a lookup or is there another uh, something else that's better for that? It's it's a good candidate for both lookup and output lookup. Okay. Um, so to, to do the actual annotation, like one might, you know, Splunk needs to build this feature in so there's just a thing that says write a note about an event. But if you were going to, if you were going to annotate an event. Well, it sounded a lot. ESS like, does that. That's yeah, the with the, yeah. It, you kind of went halfway explaining the ESS output lookup where where an incident is either reviewed or not reviewed. There, right. So there's kind of like some state. You're right, you're right. But you're then right. we have to yep. feed that back to the next time the, the, the events are viewed so that it's sort of like a full circle, isn't it? Yeah, so in that case, you can do... Jeff was starting to talk about workflow. And one of the things with a workflow action, we might have talked about workflow actions before, but workflow actions can be wired up to a search, and a workflow action can do uh, HTTP GET, it can do HTTP POST, and it can do a new search. So in that case, if you built an output lookup, took the event ID, for example, if you wanted to annotate events, took the event ID, um, piped it to out, out, output lookup, and for example, if your menu ID, in workflow, you can create a menu item so on the event menu, and maybe it says acknowledge this event you click on that it writes that event id and its state acknowledged or unacknowledged to uh, output look up a csv file then what you do is you have every search that has those events do a lookup inside of that 
file that you just dumped right. for any annotated events. And of course, they'll, all those event, events that have a particular event ID uh, will then obviously have the annotation that maybe says acknowledged. So yeah. it's, it's like chocolate mousse. It's better seen than described versus this, eaten versus. This was described. a good candidate for our video splunk talk. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there shortly. You, you, you know, I'm wondering, I'm just I'm here listening to you, to the, you guys, and, you know, I'm wondering if there's any reason why we wouldn't use a lookup. I mean, it seems like it's pretty versatile, so we probably would want to use I mean, other than it being not, not as efficient. Yeah, as you do have to be judicious um, yeah. from the performance well, sometimes standpoint. Just, sometimes the events that you have are just all you need. But. Yeah, or doing using some of the other correlation techniques that we have, like the sub searches or transaction stats list, those kind of things. Would like we talked about in previous shows that it's it's uh, that would be good enough. But to me, I just think of this when you have some kind of something off to the side a little bit, or something that's just kind of not in the data, but it, but it's just easier. I guess when it's easier, more efficient to do it this way, more flexible to do it this way, and not have to index. Or if the data changes a lot, like if it's dynamic and it's changing a lot as far as that enriched stuff or the stuff that's going to be correlated together uh, versus uh, you know versus what's happening in real time. You know, like kind of like static data that changes once a month or something. You know, usernames or IP addresses assigned to users, things like that. Maybe that would be more of a. I would think of a lookup first. Yeah, one of the best ways is to go is to just say, well, wouldn't it be cool if, like, these events had this extra information? And if and if you can answer that question, then you could probably build a lookup for it. So. Yeah, what country are these IPs coming from? Yeah, then you would go, okay, yeah, I want to, because, yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good way to think of it. Okay, upcoming, just some reminders of stuff coming up. Um, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, we're not doing interop next year, which kind of bummed out about. Is that for sure? Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, bummer, but... Are, are we doing the knock? No, we're not. No. Wow. That's a bummer. But anyways, because it's my favorite thing to do all year, because it's nerd boot camp, but we are doing some different stuff. We're doing like this structured giga um, structure. We're doing a big data thing that's coming up in March. And it's worth mentioning because, you know, it's a couple months away and some people might have to travel. But those giga ohm struct the structure conference is pretty cool because there's a lot of innovative people there. And it's nice to see that we're going to be doing that March 23rd, 2011 at New York, New York on Pier 60, which it's not it's just going to be out on a pier. Just a bunch of guys. <laughs> it's going to be cold in March. Yeah, I guess. In on the, the on the Hudson River? Come on. I, 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 perhaps, yeah. Uh, <laughs> government dudes getting together, AFCEA West 2011. Is that a San summit? Diego. It's not a summit, actually. <laughs> um, it's just an event. Okay. And that's in San Diego. And then, of course, uh, also not a summit, <laughs> but over in London, Cisco Live, January 31st through February 3rd, 2011. I'm sure that'll be kind of cool. Maybe our friend DJ Skillman will be Ooh, over there. Yeah. DJ. Like, his name is actually DJ. And he has skills, man. Uh, and there's other, obviously other stuff coming up. Oh, there's holidays coming up. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Splunk sponsor. Friends holiday. are doing Hanukkah. Friends are doing Christmas. Jeff is doing some sort of festivus. festivus. <laughs> I love it when I get it. Wait till we get you for the feats of strength. Feats of strength, dude. Feats of strength. 
<laughs> Usually it's my favorite segment of the week, but it's not because <laughs> you guys always ask why. So now it's not. So why isn't it? What are you getting depressed because of the holidays? No, I'm actually feeling great for the holidays. Really? Okay. What did we learn this week? Other than uh Jeff is awesome. <laughs> and I say that really sarcastically. Yeah. Um, I, I can say I learned that, or at least um, came across an incident on 2000, Windows 2003, that no key filtering like we've talked about in the past. I can't seem to get it to work on 2003, but I can get it to work on 2008. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. So I don't know if it's just not supported or, or what. So I just thought that was interesting. I thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. It does, it does work. It just, I suspect it's probably, um, him. it's, well, I'm using the same configuration on both. So well. how could it, it works on one and on the other. That's obviously the OS, but, but We're, maybe not. It could be me, I guess. But, uh, just another point to make about you shouldn't have to worry about filtering. Just get all the data and use Splunk language to filter because it's much more robust <laughs> and much easier, more flexible to filter it after it's indexed than before anyway. So what what are you filtering? Uh certain Windows event codes. Oh. It's a reason it's a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. It's like a white it's more like a it's like the whitelisting. We talked about this on other shows. It's more like reasonable on Windows than anything else. But yeah. yeah. Right, of course. But I mean it's very verbose logs with a lot of innocuous messages. Yeah, yeah. but like we like we talked about before, it's just you know, uh, it's just you know the product's not built. It's not really made. It wasn't invented to to not index things. It was invented to index everything. So it just kind of goes against the, the philosophy and the grain of the of the product. But at least, I mean, the cool thing is at least you can get it to work on these other platforms. I just need to see if it's uh, something that's specific. Or if, like you're saying, if it is a user error on 2003, but I just copied and pasted right over. So. Just let me know, dude. Just th- throw me the yeah. football. Okay. I'll let deep throw me the football, I'll run it in. Uh, uh, okay. I'll let deep, 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 deep school you all day, so I'll give I, it to deep. I, Oh, yeah. He's dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into a fish bucket naming argument. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my favorite episode ever. I love you deep, but you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Wow. I'm so just kidding. Wow. We, know I, Jeff does, we know Jeff doesn't have anything new to share, so what about you, Wild? Um, Jeff does have something to share, doesn't he? Oh, really? No. Wow. Are you I, serious? I, I learned nothing new. Everything I know. Really? Yeah. He already shared Which is it. Not it was much, that so. lookup thing he just does. <laughs> oh, you know what I did this week? What? Um, I helped out the folks in the UK. So if you are listening in the UK or Europe, Europe. If you're listening in the UK or Europe, uh, we're now starting. Oh, yeah, this is partly what I learned. We're now starting what some would say bi-weekly uh, Splunk demos, or the Brits would say a fortnightly. A fortnight. Yeah. Yeah. I learned about what that. I actually had to Google it. Someone said. Hey, we want to do a. F- they didn't say it in this accent, okay? But they said, "Hey, we, hey, we want to do Fortnite," and I'm like, "Google, oh, every two of weeks. course, every two weeks, man." <laughs> That's awesome. Um, just a reminder: email us at splunktalk at splunk.com. Lisa, 
We still owe you the answer to your question. Yeah, Lisa. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. I'm going to say. Thank you. I'm going to send you <laughs> a video that I have not released. It's like a Ooh. draft Splunk Ninja thing. And the whole mail transaction stuff where you have switching QIDs is it's really complex to talk about. And it's complex to even write up. But I had somebody help me and I made a video. So I'll get that out to you uh, this week. A Email mail us. video? You're sending her a mail video. I'm sending her a mail video. M A I L. Oh, yes. mail. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She <laughs> mail video. Okay. And I will. And let me just add that it's not complex as much. It's just more sophisticated, but it actually is not difficult to do. Actually. Nice. Ad. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, uh, as always, have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening. And happy splunking. Y'all better watch out now. Because splunk is about.